0: What's going on and welcome into the Friday edition of the Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Great job by Todd Graffman and John the DeShazer the last couple weeks. But we're going to give them a little bit of a break here as JD is off to Baltimore to get ready for the first preseason game of the 2021 season. It's the Saints and the Ravens from Baltimore. And joining us today is Super Bowl champion John Stinchcomb, of course, played. A handful of seasons here in New Orleans and he'll be on the call once again with Joel Myers and Jonathan Vilma on Fox 8 New Orleans and wherever you can get Saturday's football game. John I'm glad football's back and, and, and great to talk to you again. How are you?
1: I'm doing great and like every Saints fan out there I can't wait for this season to start and look forward to uh, this game coming up against the Ravens.
0: Yeah it seems like so long it's been since the Saints last played a game. How great is it just to have football back? I'm sure you've been keeping an eye on all the storylines of training camp, not only with the Saints, but around the NFL. But just how good is it to, to be back and calling some uh, preseason games again for the Saints?
1: Well, it's nice to have preseason games. I think for you think back to last year where you know we, we were concerned whether we'd have a season at all. And uh, there was no preseason. So we didn't get any preview of some of the rookies and, and free agent pickups that uh, we were excited about seeing. And this year we finally get this preview and they get an opportunity to uh, experience the NFL before it starts counting against the team.
0: Yeah. Can you peel back the curtain a little bit with preseason football? Cause some people scoff at the idea. Oh, it's just preseason. Why does it really matter? These games don't matter, but for a lot of people and even the coaches evaluating uh, these three games are going to be really important for New Orleans. How
1: important are they for, for everyone involved? Oh, they're huge. And, and I don't, you know, you, the way it's gone with four preseason games, obviously, Uh, The NFL has evolved, and that fourth preseason game became almost a wash. You didn't get any of your starters playing hardly any of the games. Let me tell you who it did affect. It affected all of your rookies, any of those undrafted guys that um, are fighting for those opportunities really across 32 teams. So we talk about it every preseason where this roster is not going to be static. There is going to be some rotation. There's going to be some changes in personnel, and this gives a great opportunity for them to be evaluated not only by their own team which they can see in practice after practice throughout training camp but for the 31 other decision makers out there that may not have any film on them outside of what they've seen in college so it's vital i, I think back of uh, caesar ruiz last year he didn't have that opportunity to kind of experience game day atmosphere before he was thrust into the action and the team's counting on him uh, I think it was a disservice. I think guys uh, like Ruiz last year or Werner this year or Turner this year, they're looking forward to that opportunity to having that game day atmosphere at a higher level before um, it's week one and the team's counting on you to be a role player, a position player, and a contributor at such a high level.
0: When it comes to game planning for the coaches, again, you've been a part of them, um, how – How much do you focus how much of the balance is focusing on yourselves and your team and not preparing for the other team? I know, obviously, you probably take a look at Baltimore in this situation to try to, of course, win the ball game. But I know most of the focus has to be on the Saints. Right. How do you how do you guys find that balance of preparing for your opponent, but also making sure that you get what you need out of these three preseason games, starting with Saturday night?
1: Well, I don't think there is a balance. I think it is totally lopsided. You're trying to put your guys in situations that you want to see them in. Now, there's probably discussion among the staff, uh, potentially if you've got good relationship with the other coaching staff, where you work through some of those things, but that's minimal. You're, You're not as concerned about what the other opponent is doing. You want to evaluate your guys, see them in situations that you can kind of control and and like the aspect that you're not able to control everything. It's different than a practice. You don't know exactly what's coming at you and how's this player going to react. So it it introduces that uh, the balance, if you will, of, of what you can control and what you can't and having to experience and witness what these players, how they react in those given scenarios.
0: I think it's going to be really strange for everyone when it comes to Saturday's preseason game. Look, normally the the number one QB doesn't play a ton, um, will probably rest. But this year is very important for the the Saints as far as this will be the first time there'll be a QB competition for QB1. Usually it's who's going to be the backup behind Drew Brees, but now it's who's going to replace Drew Brees. How do you see that playing out as far as just how different it's going to be knowing that you'll see some
1: Taysom Hill, you'll see some James Winston, they're fighting for that QB1 spot. Well, it's not going to be that different for Saints fans in preseason because very rarely do we see a lot of Drew Brees. Right. But it, this is you know, it's vital. I, I think, you know, for the past at least year for Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, they have been given opportunities to, you know, throw their hat in the ring and say, I'm the next guy, the heir apparent, after a decade and a half of this being number nine, having secured that number one spot. I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity for them uh, to complete their body of work and, and when they submit it, if you will, as, hey, this is the reason why I should be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, why you should feel most comfortable with me under center. Now, it doesn't really matter it, which guy gets the the first reps against the Ravens. That's, you know, they they will rotate. You got three preseason games. I'm sure they're going to use – at least these first two to kind of evaluate uh, with the different personnel around them, give them equal, equal opportunity to actually win this job and, and see how they perform uh, given all the prep work that's gone into this pre- preseason and what's going to carry them over into the regular season. So it's, it's really cool for fans because it's uh, unlike some of the others, other teams where you're not going to see your number one guy, at least very limited, for Saints fans, we're going to see them. We just don't know which one it is. Is it tougher to evaluate those two based on their skill sets?
0: Because they're they're two completely different quarterbacks. Um, we've seen what Tayson Hill can do, and we know what Jameis James Winston has done, not only with the Saints last year, but of course in his time with Tampa Bay. Does that make it harder to evaluate which one could be the best fit for QB1? Or you take that out of the equation to see how they both gel with the offensive uh, players around them?
1: Well, I think they've had time. That's that's the luxury and beauty of having both these guys in your locker room and knowing what they can do and building that familiarity among the staff. Now, New Orleans has been blessed and fortunate that they have some of the brightest minds, if not the brightest minds, offensively in the NFL. So they I think it's probably super exciting for Sean and Pete and that entire staff when they look at these guys and say, What can we create around them? What opportunities can we create? And what challenges can we present this defense? I think that's probably more exciting to them than just saying, this is the one way we're going to do things, which guy fits what we do. I think when you look at Taysom Hill and what he brings, you're exactly right. Taysom and Jameis are very different players. But I think what they're evaluating is, with what they bring to the table, who can excel most at what they're uh, strengths are and minimize those weaknesses because, you know, take Jameis, for instant, instance, uh, Jameis was a guy in Tampa that had some very impressive statistics. Uh, you know, his only detriment was the, the turnovers. So when you're, when you're evaluating him, what's that decision-making process. He's talked about it his entire time, especially this preseason of improving that decision-making process for him. And it's the same thing for Taysom. I mean, how can he show the, the staff, continue to show the staff that he's the right guy and, and can bring that right mix uh to the table with that position?
0: When it comes to the to the guys that they're gonna be throwing to tomorrow uh, tomorrow, it's gonna to be a little interesting because there are a lot of injuries to this wide receiver core. Um, when it's when you're trying to figure out who to look out for tomorrow in that core, I mean, I know it might be tough, but what are you trying to see out of them knowing that? you know, there's going to be a fluctuation of guys going in and out of that, just even with Jameis and Taysom trying to earn that QB one spot.
1: Uh, what a, This is preseason. You want to look look at a position battle that's important. Yeah. How about this wide receiver spot? I mean, right. obviously Michael Thomas is still dealing with his injury, and there's some drama that's uh, surrounded that whole situation. But what's behind it? And who's the guys that are step forwarding, step, stepping forward? There's no Emmanuel Sanders. You know, historically with New Orleans, there's been a couple of other guys that you knew uh, would be a part of the equation. Jared Cook included, if you if you include the tight end there. So, you know, with Juan moving to tight end spot with Troutman's sophomore season, how do they play in the, the passing attack? But really with these wide receivers, is, is it Callaway? Is Callaway your next guy? Is Traquan Smith finally emerging? You know, with, with the health of, Deontay Harris, I know that there's probably some limitations availability-wise uh, there early on. Uh, but w- what does this mix of characters look like, and how do they complement one, e- one another? I think that's going to be really fun to watch this preseason.
0: Not to bring it back to the QB1 competition, but I'm going to wrap it up with one more thing. Does that affect, you know, the fact that the wide receiver cores, you really don't know what you're getting right now and some of these guys? Does that affect those guys um, as far as trying to earn that spot? Or does it maybe help knowing that they're both kind of in the same situation where they're just trying to learn how to play with all these guys surrounding them?
1: Well, I think it affects us, the ones on the outside, more than it does them. I mean, they've been working with each other this entire offseason for the most part. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of returning faces that they have familiarity with that probably weren't counted on as much last year as they will be this year. Well, who is throwing those balls? I mean, Drew was throwing them to the number one team last year. And Taysom and Jameis probably have more familiarity and experience with the cast of characters that we're expecting to be uh, significant role players when this season starts. So uh, it's, they're, they're probably less known to us and more common and, and have a better relationship with Taysom and, and Jameis, respectively.
0: When it comes to the defensive side of the ball, what position are you looking for on Saturday? Whether it's – I know
1: a lot of the talk
0: is that the cornerback position. Does that feel like that's where you start here when you're looking at the defense and how
1: evaluating them on Saturday? Well, that's a great place to start. I mean, (laughs) I think everybody is saying, all right, we got Marshawn on one island. Who's the complement to it? And especially with P. Rob stepping down and and retiring, you can understand it. But that's a difficult time of year to say – is somebody that we, we can absolutely figure in and, and being a factor and contributing in a number of roles, even if he isn't the starting opposite corner from Lattimore. So there's, there's a lot to be decided there that, you know, I, I think this preseason can really influence. It's also a position that coach Payton himself has alluded that, you know, maybe there's some opportunity to bring in other bodies. I, I know that sounds strange when you're this deep into August, but uh, what a great opportunity for these younger guys um, to say, you know what, you've got the answer in-house, which, you know, that that's the New Orleans way is they don't really want to be on the shopping market uh, trying to find that next guy to replace someone. they hope they're hoping that they've got the roster to fill that spot. So outside of that opposite corner, which I think is a great place to start. I think you're, think you're looking at, you know, these young defensive ends and Young, it's, you know, Davenport, what year is this for him now? But uh, when you're looking at Turner and who's playing opposite of Cam, now that Trey Hendrickson is no longer a part of the equation, Granderson has flashed at times. I think that's another exciting spot that, that folks can watch. And always, you know, when you've got uh, your, your rookie draft picks, what's that Werner player, you know, what's his yeah. role? How, how is he going to contribute? And what's that going to look like when you roll into the season?
0: There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on your broadcast on Saturday here in New Orleans, With feels like a new look of a team. What is your best advice to fans when watching preseason games? Because I know we're dealing with on the basketball side with summer league, not to get too excited about someone, not to get too down on someone because we say, oh, it's only summer league. And I think it's fair to say that's the same goes for preseason games. If you're trying to talk to a fan before they watch the game, what are you telling them to look out for as far as evaluating this team heading into the 21 season?
1: Well, it's the the same thing that coaches are telling the players. You know, it's it's never as great as it probably seems, and it's never as bad as it probably seems. It's probably somewhere in the middle, and that goes for individual performance. It goes for the team performance as well. There's a lot of factors that go into these preseason games, and winning the preseason, oddly enough, is not always that primary goal. It's obviously a goal nobody ever wants to lose. Nobody is playing this game without winning in mind. But player evaluation, figuring out what guys can do and what they can contribute to this team is probably put at a premium, especially this time of year. So if I'm a fan sitting at home, I don't nitpick every mistake that possibly is made. If one of these quarterbacks throws a pick, just know that there's a bigger body of work to come, hopefully. Uh, And if one guy actually does uh, shine, that's a great thing. Let's enjoy it and and see how that plays out as they lead into the year.
0: Before I let you go, you mentioned that maybe these first two games are where you might see Taysom and, and Jameis the most. You know, with four preseason games, usually a lot of people said the third one was that dress rehearsal. And the fourth one is, oh, my God, let's get us to the regular season. How would you say that could go here with only three preseason games? How does that change the dynamic of, of trying to get ready uh, for a regular season? I know they had none last year, but how does that change as far as, you know, playing your starters enough minutes to to get, you know, enough practice in them, but also making sure that no one gets hurt heading into the first week of the regular season.
1: I can't wait to see. I think that's exciting. I, you know, you look back the past few years, there's been been an evolution as to how coaches have utilized the preseason used to be, you know, your starters are one quarter in game one, two in game two. They're playing almost, you know, into the fourth quarter by game three that that was like a dinosaur. They no longer did that. Even game 3 you weren't seeing the starters anymore. So now that you've reduced it down to 3, it might actually lend for more opportunity for them for for the premier guys to actually get some work in these first couple of games. I still think that, you know, coaches will be a little more protective when it comes to that last preseason game, but if there's decisions that have not been made yet, I guarantee we'll see some guys trying to earn either uh, more time on the field when, when the regular season starts or fighting for their jobs uh, because the, the, it's truncated. You only have three evaluation opportunities as a staff and you know, puts a, more, a, a greater premium on their play.
0: Should be a lot of fun on Saturday night. Preseason game number one, Saints and Ravens from Baltimore. John gonna be on the call with John Vilma and Joel Myers. You can watch it on Fox 8. And of course, log on to New Orleans Saints.com for a listing of every channel will be on around the Gulf Coast. John, I just want to warn you, I apologize for dealing with Joel Myers for three games, or I guess it'll be two in this situation. It'll be okay, just get through them, but I guess I should apologize in the
1: Well, I appreciate it, Daniel. Thanks for having me on because between Joel and Vilma, you know, I don't even know if I'll have any airspace to actually comment <laughs> on any of it. <laughs> but uh, we have a lot of fun in the booth. They're two great guys, and uh, I look forward to actually talking about some real football and getting back to the regular season of New Orleans Saints football.
0: We're looking forward to, to seeing you guys on the air on Saturday. Safe travels to Baltimore, and I appreciate the time again. Hey, enjoyed it. Who dat? Who dat? You know, I'm just joking about Joel Myers, of course, one of the, the best to ever do it. And of course, again, Joel... And John and John, Saturday night, 6 p.m. Central, right here on Fox 8 in New Orleans. Again, there's plenty of places around the Gulf South that will be airing the game, whether it's in Louisiana, whether it's in Mississippi or Alabama. I even saw Memphis, Tennessee will be carrying the game. So all those fans in the Tennessee area, you can be able to watch the game as well on there. And, of course, keep it locked on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints mobile app for pregame, postgame coverage and again, Todd Graf and John Shazer have done great work over the past couple of weeks on the website. So make sure to check out their work with Graf's observations, uh, John Shazer writing every day, a different feature. And of course, their CST show that you can watch after every night. So they've been doing a great job. So we want to give them a little break on this Friday as JD heads to Baltimore. We'll also give them a little bit of a break on Monday to recover as uh, we'll have another podcast for you on Monday and recap, hopefully a Saints win against the Baltimore Ravens. I hope you enjoy the game tomorrow night. And until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by C.